0: Welcome to the Empower Podcast by Mitchell. Thank you for joining the Mitchell Empower Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Callahan, and I'm here today with Michelle Hippert, the Senior Vice President of Regulatory Compliance. Michelle, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Today we're talking about auto casualty and how it's changed, what's the impact and everything going on as it relates to COVID-19. We're sitting here mid-April and I mentioned that because things change day by day. Um, I know for me personally, I've uh, already received an email with the percentage off on my auto insurance because I really haven't been driving and I'm sure that a lot of other people are in the same boat, um, but a lot more trucks on the road. So with fewer cars and as we all practice social distancing, Michelle, what do you think the impact will be on auto claim frequency?
1: Well, you know, the, really the only uh, guideline we have to go uh, with for auto claims and looking at it are miles driven. Uh, every day it's recorded and miles driven. And when we look at other situations where miles driven may be less, it can be in areas like the northern states during the winter when people... Drive less because of the snow, and try to correlate the driving less, the miles to the number of crashes that can occur. That's done often, um, and trying to equate the number of miles driven to folks going to uh, the providers' offices when they need to. Again, um, that's really what we have historically when we look at the type of data on auto crash- crashes that it's meaningful to us. So. You can make an assumption that when people drive less, there's less crashes, simple enough. When people drive less, they're not going to the provider's offices. They're not going to um, their work environment. They're not out in the public. So definitely from a uh, severity perspective, we plan on seeing a decline in claims during this period of time. We also expect Uh, people to not be going physically to the provider. Uh, Much of what we do in auto casualty involves hands-on touch by a provider. When you think about the illnesses and the injuries that you see in auto accidents, the whiplash injury, um, we call it soft tissue, sprains and strains, um, the, the claimant goes or the patient goes to the provider to have care like massage, electrical stimulation, chiropractic manipulation, it represents more than 60 to 65% of the claims that we see in auto. So we're definitely going to see an impact um, in that type of frequency when people can't actually physically go to those providers and have that touch done to them.
0: Yeah, a a lot of people um, are changing their habits and I know on the regulatory environment, um, things have changed. With the soft tissue damage, has that, has that changed? Telemedicine may be seen an increase. Tell us a little bit more about some of those changes that you've seen.
1: Well, I think uh, on the auto side, it's really, you still have a policy. A policy is force, and it's a contract between, you know, between the consumer and the insurance company. Uh, We're seeing a lot more activity in telehealth and telemedicine on the healthcare side and on the workers' comp side. And the AMA has been, um, you know, putting out their notices on what are the appropriate telemedicine, telehealth codes to be used. CMS has. And in some of the states that we uh, utilize fee schedules, et cetera, in the auto casualty market, uh, that applies. So we're starting to slowly see a little bit more adoption of telehealth, telemedicine in the auto casualty, but not at the level of workers' compensation. Um, when it when it becomes a standard of care like it is now, due to COVID 19 and not being able to get to the provider's office, uh, it becomes more acceptable to use. And because of the new billing codes and the modifiers, et cetera, that are out there, it's making it easier for the provider to um, provide the appropriate codes for the billing. Uh, As a a side note, one of the uh, main sources that's utilized in auto casualty for review of prices by providers is a database provided by Fair Health. And Fair Health uh, quickly came out with not just um, telemedicine, telehealth, they've always had that, but they quickly came out with the testing uh, prices that they were able to assemble for the, all the new COVID-19 testing uh, and observation codes that they put in place. So they did, within a very short period of time, uh, able to perform analytics on data of similar types of testing codes because the the testing is very similar to other types of testing that's done for other flus, they were able to come up with um, benchmark rates is what they call them for these types of things. So we're seeing that type of activity and movement very quickly um, to get things ready for the provider to bill in all the things that are happening now because of COVID-19.
0: And the other thing that um, I think you mentioned was timelines. So people changing um, timelines. I know West Virginia looked at it, New Jersey looked at it, um, maybe even Minnesota. Could you share a little bit about um, how that's
1: changing? Yes. Uh, It's it's kind of funny because when we first started uh, tracking everything for COVID-19, the coronavirus, uh, any legislation or emergency bulletins. We were even tracking all the shelters in place because we wanted to understand what states would be, you know, the patients be having difficulty getting to the providers or not going to the providers. And we needed to understand the data associated and where we would see in our own data, a decline of frequency, et cetera. So it it, we start When we first started to collect all this uh, regulatory data, it became really apparent that the departments of insurance were issuing a leniency to the carriers in the payment of claims and in, regula- in the regulatory aspects of the work that they do. Um, they, there's really none that have said, don't do your job in this during this crisis, but they they pretty much have an understanding that if it takes you a little bit longer to do it, and you're always doing the right thing to get it done to make sure you take care of that policyholder and do the right thing, as you've seen um, in all state insurance, State Farm most recently giving back money to the policyholders because people aren't driving. Um, you're you're seeing that done already. And it, and it helps the carrier to um, be more consumer-oriented in the in, in this respect. And it also helps the consumer understand that there are challenges on the payer side as well during this COVID crisis. So I think um, the payments out by these carriers for those mileage policies especially um, have gone over very well with the consumer.
0: Absolutely. We all must adapt and overcome, right?
1: Exactly. And, I, even though the media may say that the auto casualty insurer could expect a windfall profit during the COVID-19 crisis because people aren't driving, there's less accidents, they're still paying their premiums, et cetera, this was a way the carriers wanted to adopt a more consumer-friendly approach, and I think many of them certainly did by um, doing that. That's great. Um, Overall, kind of looking at the auto casualty
0: industry, it's hard to have a crystal ball because everything changes on a day-to-day basis. But as we sit today, uh, what are some of the impacts that you think will be on a macro level for the auto insurance
1: industry? Well, you know, you can certainly look at um, 17 million people not employed right now. Right, so 17 million people aren't driving to work, 17 million people are not getting into auto accidents in the normal um, way. Normally, what we see um, is that when we see crashes go up, lots of people are employed. When unemployment happens, we see less. There's a correlation there. Overall, the coronavirus, we believe, the auto industry will certainly rebound and it will be very similar to the way it is, was prior to, but it's going to go through its motions over the next six, eight months to, to get back to that type of uh, level of frequency, duration, et cetera, the way it was before. Um, we also believe that many of the employers may like having their employees work at home. There's still made there's still this aspect of folks not being back on the road in as much frequency as it was before um, that remains to be seen uh, uh, many employers have been saying how successful this remote working from home has been um, I, I would say personally for myself I, I definitely miss the social aspects of being in the office I know a lot of you guys do too. Um, but i do get a lot of work done when i'm um, not in the office a lot more thought thought leadership type of work where we can actually sit and think about what we're doing so remains to be seen what will what percentage will remain at home after all this is said and done um, which could equate itself into lower frequency auto accidents we don't and that's in first party we don't plan on seeing any real changes on the third-party side um, at all, Uh, but on first-party is where we would see it. I would also like to address the delay in care. Soft tissue injuries, it is reported in many of the criteria that look at soft tissue injuries, which represent again 65% of what we see, people heal by 12 weeks, regardless of what is done to them. So if folks are not going and having this palliative care done to them, the massage, the elective ultrasound, et cetera, um, are they going to heal within that 12 weeks? Probably. Then where are they, uh, is that medical care ever going to be administered to them in any way, shape, or form? Probably not. Um, so that is also a question mark at the end of the day. What's going to happen with this whole four-week, six-week, gap where someone would have normally have gone three times a week to a provider and had that type of care it could change the way um, we pay soft tissue injuries in the future.
0: I guess the data will have to bear it out but yeah, definitely. if I work from home I'm going to be looking forward to a road trip uh, when mm-hmm. all of this is lifted. So thank you so much Michelle for your expertise, for your leadership, Uh, There's some fantastic articles on our Empower website where you found this. Um, There's an article specifically on auto casualty, as well as links to everything you need to know about COVID-19 specifically for our industry, not just general knowledge. Um, So we thank you so much for all your help uh, putting together those. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you soon on the podcast as things change and update and uh, be well. This is Shelley Callahan powering down the Empower podcast by Mitchell. Join the conversation and read articles on our website, Mitchell.com empower.